Oh, hey everyone, and welcome to the Meta Weekly. I'm Pete, one of your hosts, and today I'm joined, as usual, by Justine. Exactly. Uh, so, Justine, what are we talking about today? So, uh, I think we have a couple of items of discussion. And the first one is probably going to be uh, the Overwatch uh, Stage 1 playoff, since that's taking up the majority of the weekend. Exactly. I mean, it's pretty much a playoffs episode, because we have the Overwatch playoffs, which ended today with a very interesting victory, a very interesting game. We'll talk more about that later. We also have the upcoming... Uh, playoffs for League of Legends for the major regions. We have the LE, LEC and the LCS already set. Uh, we'll be talking about that. We'll also be talking about some very interesting franchising news. Definitely. And a new twist that World of Warcraft is introducing to help people participate a little bit more in World of Warcraft esports. So first, let's look at that franchising news, Pete. Yeah. What do you got? So yeah. So as of uh, as of very recently, Activision Blizzard announced that the Call of Duty World League, which is their professional top tier premier division for professional Call of Duty esports, is going to be franchised as of next year. This is like following a trend with already with Overwatch and with League of Legends where all the teams are franchised. And for the people who at home listening to this that don't know what that is, franchising is where teams are sold spots in the league. Those spots are permanent. They can they cannot be relegated to minor leagues. It's theirs forever. And that's good for a variety of reasons because it gives stability to the players, to the teams. For and also very, yeah. For those of you who are listening that may know more traditional sports, it's similar to the NFL, where, uh, for example, the Patriots are Boston's team, and they can move away from Boston in the future if they so choose, but that team itself will always be there. Even if they change their name, there will always be that spot. Indeed. Yeah. And very interesting. Uh, this is fall uh, because this is Activision Blizzard. Uh, they're going to follow a very similar model to how the Overwatch League operates that beyond uh the franchising, the franchises are also going to be geolocated, so they'll have home cities, they'll play home and away games. Uh, we don't know yet how it's going to affect the current teams because this is a very recent announcement. So we don't know, for example, if your regular teams like Optic or Envious are going to stay in the same brand or it's going to be a different brand. Uh, we don't really have a lot of details, but it's still very interesting because franchising is working for Overwatch and for League of Legends. So, so we'll have to see. Has there been Call of Duty? Has there been any word yet on any possible cities, or is it just the base of operations so far? No, they haven't announced. They have announced. Uh, 
I think they have announced the commissioner for the league, but beyond that, there's not much now. There's like nothing announced. Okay, well, it'll be interesting uh, to see how that plays yeah. out. And if Los Angeles gets two teams, as it is a known fact as that Los Angeles needs to have two of every sport team, whether that's traditional or eSport. Yeah, which, you know, uh, I have to agree. It's like, just the way it is. Overwatch team, yeah. It's like a way of life. It's uh, one of those immutable acts of life, like death and taxes. Los Angeles is going to have two sports teams. which Two or none. That's always how it is. We have yeah. two or none. With the exception of, I think, hockey. Is- no, we have the Ducks count. The Ducks technically count. Yeah, okay, like, yeah, sure. I mean, it's the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. It's two different counties, but if they count, then the Ducks count. Yeah, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Uh, let's move on. Okay, so moving on to that World of Warcraft news, I discovered recently, and you, our listener, may have as well, that... And if you haven't, well, here's the breaking news for you. That World of Warcraft is actually launching a new toy that will allow you to support the uh, pool of, of prize money for both the World of Warcraft Arena World Championship and the Mythic Dungeon International. Now, uh, how this works is that there will be a toy that is available for sale. It is two uh, fireworks, I believe, an Alliance firework and a Horde firework, because you got to have both. And a portion of the sales of these, about 25%, if I'm reading correctly, will contribute to the prize pools and that there is a guaranteed minimum in the prize pools of 500,000. So this can help increase it beyond that, but there will at least be 500,000 in the prize pool. Uh, So if you are interested in supporting World of Warcraft esports and you really want to see your favorite players get some extra prize money for all their wonderful, wonderful play, then go ahead and buy that cool toy. Plus it'll add to your collection. And we all know you got to keep collecting and wow. Completion is everything. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, I will admit, I do not follow much of WoW Esports, because, primarily because I did not know that this was a thing until Justine told me about an hour before the show. But it's good, because, you know, you have, like, your major leagues, and all of them get all the attention, and then you have all the other cool esports that don't get as much attention. But, you know, this fundraising hopefully is going to bring more attention to WoW Esports. True. The Arena Championship has actually been around a long time. I actually saw it back in my very first BlizzCon in 2011, back when there was two uh, Blizzard Esports, and that was StarCraft II and World of Warcraft Arena. And it's grown from there, and they added the Mythic Dungeons once those were at, uh, those were added to the game itself, and it's quite enjoyable it's it's fun watching something that you do regularly if you play world of warcraft and seeing the people who are the best at it compete uh i think now we can move on to our to the 
big playoffs section of our uh, of our show because we're gonna have playoffs galore from the LEC to the LCS to Overwatch League. So I think we can start with the League of Legends playoffs. Do you want to start with LCS or LEC? I think we can start with LCS mainly because there is not much to talk there. I'm sorry, NI fans. And it's not even because my home region is the LEC. It's because the LCS is just, frankly speaking, not going much on. So uh, today we wrapped up the LCS regular season, the spring split, which is the first of two splits. Uh, it went about as expected. Uh, Team Liquid and Cloud9 respectively went first and second, and they're going to be awaiting the winners of two different games. Uh, for people who don't, don't know, the LCS playoffs format works like this. The first and second teams are automatically qualified for semifinals. And then the number one team gets the lowest seeded team from the quarters that won. And the second team is going to get the highest seeded team. So, and then they're going to be awaiting the, the victors of FlyQuest versus Golden Guardians, which should be a very, very interesting game. That's going to be Saturday, March 30th. Uh, because these are the two new teams. To, they're pretty new to the playoffs. Uh, they like had like the Cinderella story season where no one really expected much from them. And then they were like, oh, wow, these guys are actually the real deal. And then on Sunday, March 31st, you have the perennial contenders in TSM versus Echo Fox. Not going to be much there. Should be like, I'm going to call this one already for a TSM victory, mainly because Echo Fox just it's a mess. And then we're going to be waiting for... They won their game today, yeah, to we'll, be fair. Yeah, they did win. That is, that is true. That is true. Um, but it's like most of the season it's been like... I call the NA region and the Fiesta region because you have these two teams at the top, which are Liquid and Cloud9. And then you have from like third to tenth, oh, sorry, third to eighth, are, are, is this whole clump of teams. So they're pretty much like a game off. So Echo Fox got into the playoffs over in the seventh place team, which is Optic, over game difference. So it's like a whole fiesta right there in the middle. Uh, people winning to uh, against people they have no business winning. People losing games. Like, how did you even lose that? Uh, and in case anyone's interested, there is a video on the League of Legends channel on YouTube. Which, not even a lie, they sing uh, the Casa de Fiesta song which I think is a perfect picture of NA esports. And that's pretty much it, you know, for LCS. Do you have any team that you think is going to take it all yet? I mean, I think you have to... You have Team Liquid with their 
superstar team and every single imaginable position. I think it's like pretty hard for them to drop everything. I mean, they might drop a map because it's going to be best of fives. They might drop a map or two here or there, but I think they're going to be taking it. Like, I don't really see anyone else winning. Sorry, Cloud9 fans. That's hey, I'm, cow. I'm going Cloud9. I, I love Cloud9 esports in whichever esport they choose, and I think they've got this. Go Cloud9. I like that too. Yeah. I mean, sure, we have to have variety here because if we agree on everything, it's going to be boring podcast. However, over on Europe, the my personal home region, uh, the definitely not a fiesta, but 100% as interesting. We also have, um, they ended up the regular season last week. So they're already on their off week to prepare. And very interesting split for LEC. You had the powerhouses in J2. They started off 9-0. They won against everyone. And then they had a less than ideal second half of the season, which, as we later learned, is because their support player, Mickey X, got hurt and he was playing with through pain which very admirable but ended up hurting the team and then we had your other teams like you had your fanatics which shady starts the season but they pulled through uh splice and vital your usual suspects in these kind of playoff situations but unexpectedly to returning franchises to LEC, which used to be the EU LCS, with, but with this year's franchising, they, they're now called the LEC rebranding and all. Uh, SK Gaming and Origin, they've returned to the European League of Legends stage, and they did pretty good. I mean, SK did okay. Origin did better, but you know. It's always interesting to see these historic teams back. It's going to be really nice to see them. I'm just sad they're going to lose to my team. That's G2. <laughs> but, you know, what going to do? Well, I'm excited to see how it turns yeah. out. I'm not, I don't have any prediction yet. I just want to, I'm going to watch fresh and hope that each fresh. team does their best. Which is what you always want. You want an entertaining game, after all. Also, for viewers at home, if you can't tell, we are 100% biased. I'm not going to, because I don't think either of us are journalists. We don't we try. exactly have, yeah. I mean, we try, but no, end of the day. We're, we're going to give you our opinions, to, but yeah. like, like all yeah. casters or other esports fans, Yes. We we try to be fair, but we have our favorites. Indeed. And I think now we can move on to the big, juicy, meaty part of the podcast, the Overwatch League. Should we start at the beginning, at the major, major upset at the beginning? Yeah, I think we, yeah, we, think we can do a quick recap. So, uh, playoffs started Thursday, I believe, and... They started with the bang. Uh, fan favorites and 
all around lay favorites to take it all. New York Excelsior lost in very surprising fashion to the Soul Dynasty team. That was it. It was not even shocking because Soul won. I think it was more shocking because New York did not play like the rest of their usually pretty good play style. Well, you want to know, I think that when uh, Soul came in and kind of upset the traditional 3-3 meta that we're seeing right now by playing uh, by playing Michelle on Sombra quite a bit, I think that really gave them that edge over New York. Yeah, because New York does have this more, I'm going to call this more sedate play style. They have like, they stop, they think about what they're going to do. They're not going to like go jumping in, guns blazing, and they benefited from the 3-3 meta because it fit in really well with their playstyle. They timed their combo, ult combos perfectly. But then you have, like I said, Michelle on Sombra disrupting uh, everything. Like He jumped in in the back line. He hacked everyone and quite possibly their families as well. It was like, it was very interesting to watch. It was like a little bit sad because Excel played very atypically, but me being a staunch defender of never, ever, 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 ever having to see the 3-3 meta again, it was really interesting to watch. For those of you who don't know, uh, the 3-3 meta right now uh, at during stage one was a three tank, three heal combination. Typically, Reinhardt, Zarya, Diva with Brigitte, uh, Lucio, and Zenyatta. Those, you were going to see that team comp uh, on every team. Just a bunch of heavy hitters with a lot of heals. Yeah. It's like... It's a, it's it's a very safe I mean, uh, meta to play in a call because it's tanks and supports, and while you do have Zarya, which for a tank does like a lot of damage, it's still a tank, so less movement. Things weren't as dynamic. Uh, it was like to watch. It wasn't as interesting. It's still like kind of interesting to play, mainly because when I play Overwatch, I still refuse to play the. The three three, my teammates always yelled at me, but I always say sorry. I play DPS, I'm a DPS player. This is why you play without mics, and then they can't yell at you. Also, that that's also very good. I mean, not, or, I'm gonna pretend I that's or or you you play you play on PlayStation and nobody uses mics because we we don't need them. Oh, I'm a fancy PlayStation person. I play on the computer. Well, some um, of us have Macs, and uh, Blizzard yeah. hates Macs when it comes to Overwatch. Yes, that, that is very true. Blizzard notorious. I've asked them many times. Many, many times. Yeah. I've also asked them to start a Overwatch League for, or some kind of competition for the uh, console players, and they said maybe. So I'll keep bugging them. Yeah. Every year at BlizzCon. Well, yeah, keep, keep bugging them people at BlizzCon. Because we all know we and want that console competitions. If Smash can yes. be a thing, then 
Why can't Why console? not Overwatch? Yeah. So what? Back on track. Yeah, ba- <laughs> back ba- on track. Back to the meta. I think one thing to note is that Soul Soul took that same meta later on in their next game, playing against the Titans. Sorry to give you spoilers. Uh, we're jumping a little bit ahead here, but but the meta that worked really well for them against New York of of switching from Diva to Sombra didn't work quite as well against the Titans, who probably have a better lock with that three tank three heal meta. Yeah, uh, and I think. Man, the reason why it didn't work as well against the Titans than against Excel, it's because the Titans do have a more proactive playstyle with the 3-3. They're not going to be sitting around thinking where they're going to do. They like they go, jump on it. They're not afraid to uh, use their ults. It's a, it's for, for a 3 tank, 3 support style. It's very dynamic. It's fun to watch. And that's, I mean, like... It's all good when everyone's sitting around for your Sombra to hack everyone. When everyone's moving around, it's not going to work as well. So, But Bumper's not going to be sitting around. Bumper's going to yeah. be coming yeah. to you. Nah. He's going to smash your face in. Yeah, and so if people didn't really guess that Vancouver did win against Boston Uprising 3-0, uh, it's pretty much no surprise there. Not only because Vancouver's a better team, but, you know, that's what it was expected. And then on Friday, Philadelphia won against the Planet Rain. I, I was uh, kind of sad that Atlanta didn't do as well as I had hoped. They really kind of pulled it out at the end uh, in week five. But they just kind of fell apart against Fusion. Yeah. I mean, it's I think Atlanta was one of the, of course, you had Vancouver, which was formerly, I believe, the runaway from the Korean leagues. Yeah, they were uh, they were the champions of the contender league in Korea, I believe. Yeah. Yes, they were. So, I mean, from the expansion teams, Vancouver were, were, were the one who had most expectations. You also had Paris. Atlanta, however, I think was one of those like underrated teams where they had quality players like DeFran. They kind of flew under the radar in the offseason because they didn't have any big pickups. And, you know, they played pretty well, I think. They, like I said, week five, they locked it down. But then against Fusion, I think they kind of felt the pressure for the playoffs. And, like, they did win a map. They did. 3-1 for the Fusion. But... You know, they didn't do enough. And then we had season, sur- I'm going to call this season surprise, San Francisco Shock. I don't going to Toronto Defiant. I, I don't know why that's a surprise. They played, I mean, they had a tough uh, competition. Their 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 lineup uh, of players they were going against was pretty tough. So I, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was less the, it was a surprise thing from less the, they had a tough schedule, which they did do pretty well. It's more because it's like Atlanta; they didn't, they weren't, there wasn't much expectation from them. From the off season, they didn't do any big pickups. They treated away their players and Dante, and then we would pick up anyone. But then, like I think the 
they got the they stuck with the same core of players from last year, and yeah, they faced a tough season. And and I'm not okay. They, they, they well, they no. decimated Toronto three to zero. So yeah, that wasn't even like close. I feel sorry for all the Canadians that might be listening to this. Well, the Toronto had folks. Yeah, for the Vancouver what, still what did well. Even call it for, yeah, Vancouver did pretty well, and for semifinals, which were yesterday, Sunday, us. Oh, no, Saturday, Saturday, if you Saturday. were in Pacific time, Sunday, possibly, if you were down through like in Asia or Europe, of Europe. yeah, uh, or if you're watching the broadcast really, been, really early yeah. in the morning. Yeah, it's it's been a long day. I'm my brain's a little bit fried. And um, an interesting thing was that the Seoul Vancouver match was actually broadcast on ABC. I actually got to watch it yes. on my TV without having to plug in my computer. That yeah, that was very interesting. So for this season, uh for people that don't know, uh the Overwatch League is being broadcast on Disney, the Disney Channel in the US and on ESPN internationally uh, for, I don't know if there's any restrictions. I think China is not getting ESPN. I don't think, I don't even know if China gets ESPN, but. Twitch is still broadcasting it though. So you can always go to the good old Twitch. Uh, ABC and however this season, also ABC is joining them. ABC, part of the Disney fa- broadcasting family with ESPN and Disney XD. That's very interesting to see such like, it, it's not even like a small channel like TBS does for E-League for CSGO Esports. No, this it's is like a big channel. Yeah, this is broadcast ABC. television. You you get it even if you yeah. don't have cable. Yeah, it's pre- and it's not even like uh bad like afternoon spot it's a prime time tv spot well it was well it was at noon on a saturday yeah it was on noon yeah but today the it was also at noon also broadcast yeah well yeah oh yeah i we'll come back to what happened during today's match later because it annoyed me greatly yeah, it's because uh, I'm I'm on e- I'm on Eastern time zone, so it was actually during prime time for us. Oh, right. I guess it was prime time yeah. for. Uh, yeah, but for- it was actually interesting. There was uh, a very interesting message that came across the top of the TV, telling kids that their program would be on next week at the usual time. But I think that's actually an interesting thing is that we know that kids are getting increasingly interested in esports. I mean, you have the love of um, Fortnite. And I know uh, EA's new game is really kind of pushing Apex. It's called Apex, right? Apex Legends. Yeah, they're... They're trying to push that market, too. So I think this is a really great way to introduce kids to Overwatch and eSports. And it might be something that, you know, kind of helps foster a youth league or youth 
love of Overwatch, which makes me excited because that means more fresh talent in the coming years. Yeah, I agree. It's like pretty interesting. I I do have younger siblings. One of them has no idea what esports are as much as I try, but the other one is like extra super into things. Uh, more mainly Fortnite, much to my chagrin. Loves Ninja. Hey, some some people why, some people no. just love Fortnite, and I will let them have that. Yeah. I will keep my opinions on Ninja to myself. Indeed. It's pretty cool to have young kids watching this through Disney. It's gonna hopefully it's also gonna affect the parents. Gonna see oh if they're showing this on Disney, it's not gonna be so bad. I I did joke on Twitter that there were probably a lot of very confused people t- tuning into ABC. There were. Uh, and wondering what on earth they were watching. I did um, try to explain to my father what esports was, and he watched the Seoul uh, Vancouver game. And uh, he's really interested in it. He's a big sports fan. We we love sports in this house of all kinds. You know, explaining it to him, it was a little bit difficult because there's a lot to grasp when you're watching it and everything's going a mile a minute. But he seemed to really understand and kind of enjoy it because Overwatch is a great one of one of a really great esports to watch to get into because there's a lot of excitement and enthusiasm that you'd get from more traditional sports like football, where you know it's it's hyped and the announcers are yelling and everything's exciting. So that that kind of helps, I think give that connection point it gets you in the mood and and it it has a more traditional look of teams like cl- physically clashing against each other uh that you might not see quite as much in other uh major esports yeah. So, do you want to talk about the the big game today? Yes. Um, also, this was also broadcast on ABC, except for a yeah. couple of breaks when ABC News decided that the U.S. Attorney General was a little bit more important. Which, whatever. I uh, just left me scrambling to get t- to Twitch. Which, thank yeah. you for Twitch because you can pull it up really quickly, and I was able to. It's the command center is a good investment. I recommend it if you want to see different view viewpoints and watch different players a little bit more and check out the map, which was kind of helpful. Yeah. Uh, so, so Vancouver Titans played San Francisco Shock. Uh, everyone expected it to be against the New York Excel, but New York lost. So very surprisingly. Yeah. But uh, this was one of the best matches of Overwatch I'd seen in a while. I mean, every Overwatch match is good, but this was watching the game, how it's meant to be played. Everything was, oh, man. Yeah, it's it's one of those matches that you have, like, once every, I don't know, it's like one of those rare matches even though the league as a whole is very entertaining to watch, this is like the exception to the rule. This one was like so beyond good. It was, it's, you're not going to be able to replicate it unless you have some other magic and have some other magic match. It's like watching it's like back and forth. Yeah, it's like watching the Scandinavian teams compete uh, during the World Cup where they're just so evenly matched that it's really intense. 
<laughs> yeah. And it was like back and forth. Uh, I think when I'm not mistaken, Vancouver took the first map and they shock actually took the first map. They took, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Shock surprised everybody. They shocked everybody to oh, be punny. Justine, why? To be punny. And they yeah, took, took the um, Nepal. They took Nepal two to one. And then Vancouver, uh, I believe, got a record on Numbani. <laughs> uh, was that, it was their record? No, no, no. Was, their record was, was on, uh, was later on on Rialto. But, yeah, uh, was, yeah, map five. Yeah, they played, they won 1 0 against on Numbani. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco wasn't them. able to get the first point at all. Yeah. Which. As we later learned, escort would later be their downfall with free alto. But game three, San Francisco took close, close for a three victory in Anubis. Then uh, Dorado, Vancouver uh, brought out a really solid defense. I was a little bit worried, but they really kind of stopped shock in their tracks. It, it was it was very yeah. impressive display. And I think the yeah, most exciting it, map was game five. Ilios was game Ilios, five. Ilios, where we saw the the Titans. I'm going to use another pun: the Titans of the three three meta, the Vancouver Titans, uh, actually break that meta and pull out an Orisa and McCree combo, which didn't yeah. actually do yeah. much to their benefit. Yeah, they. I think they were. They were up at one point like ninety three percent of the capture uh, against like nothing from the shock, and they still dropped. The yeah, point. and and that happened so, earlier in that game too, where the shock were at ninety nine percent, but Vancouver managed to flip it. It was a very close game. It was a very close yeah, game both like, ways. Thing. and then they had Kings Row, which. Uh, was also very well, I mean, close. Yeah, was like think, uh, San Francisco did not finish Kings Row, but valiant effort. They got very, very again. close though. Yeah, was that it's couple like, of last yards that are always the hardest? Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's because the respawn for the defending team was like right there, and then the attacking team was like all the way back. So I mean, it made them put valiant effort. And then game seven, I have major issues with game seven. You don't like Rialto? Uh, but I'll, yeah, I think it was like, it, it was like very surprising for me for Rialto watch because it's a fun map. Up until it's a fun map, but as we're going to see, San Francisco played pretty well. They managed to finish the map, which is pretty hard in Rialto. With a minute left. Yeah. Which they were excited about. Yeah, which is... Until. It's hard enough to finish the map until they pretty much neatly gift-wrapped the stage title and handed it to Vancouver, and they let Vancouver finish with four minutes 30 on the time bank. Which was a Breaking. record by a, about yeah. a minute. Like full minute. It was a full minute over the last record. It's like, 
it it basically it basically was it seemed shock was taking a nice little uh joyride in the uh uh little boats instead of <laughs> focusing on the map the gondolas, yeah. the gondolas. Oh, sorry yeah. i forgot that word yeah the, the kill feed was pretty much blue uh there's like one or another white uh, uh from the san francisco shock but they pre it's like yeah it's like you said the got the sage title they put it in a really nice box they chose some prime wrapping paper a very fancy sparkly bow wrapped it all nice and neat and then hand delivered it to the Vancouver Titans because like you just forgot to play the game like Vancouver 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 like, forgot they played so well and then game seven happens yeah, it it as somebody who loves Rialto, it's one of my favorite maps. Personally, that that was that was kind of that was rough to watch. I at one point I was screaming at the TV to pull out just anything but the three three to stop them because <laughs> it was just my 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 go to is always just pull out the bastion because it always works. Yeah, something different, you know. Uh, to be fair, the the San Francisco Shock did wake up at the, in the last 30 seconds of the game. It did not help. Yeah, it did not help because it made no difference. Because even if they had won the last fight, Vancouver would still have four minutes in the time bank. I, I, in case you have not yet realized, listener, Vancouver won. Yes, the Vancouver one. They are the, your stage one champions. And they get that nice bonus, which they definitely earned. Oh, yeah. They 100% earned that bonus. They, I, I would say that it, it, if, I mean, both Super and Bumper played really well, but if you had to pick one or the other, I, I, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give it to Bumper. Though, I mean, Sinatra yeah, was great, I, yeah. everybody was great, but Bumper just, man. Bumper was just, like, one of those next level, like, he's, I think Bumper is also the shot caller of the Vancouver Titans, if I'm, if I am not mistaken. Which would uh, make sense to how well they yeah. play. Yeah, so it's uh, like, he's playing out of his mind, he's, and he's also shot calling for this team, so, cray cray. One thing I think we should discuss maybe in a future episode, because I believe we're running out of time, but I think it would be interesting to look at how uh, all uniform language team does versus a team who has uh, mixed language, because mm, yeah. Vancouver is an all-Korean team, and uh, San Francisco has a mixture of, I think, just English and Korean. I could be wrong. Um, but how they do versus an all Korean team or in the case of like Paris, an all French team, because that yeah, language barrier difficult. can be, can be difficult when you're yeah, in the heat of the uh, moment. Yeah, and it's something that's not only present in Overwatch, it's present against all major against it's present in most esports, uh, Korean noted and famed esports country where, not even kidding. Esports is a national sport in Korea. So Which you have your Starcrafts. They have earned. They're good. They, 
They are beyond good. They're I fairly certain there's magic involved, quite possibly black magic. They've won confirmed. every StarCraft two championship title except for one. Over last year. Yeah, which that it was the first time. Yeah, which was pretty. I'm not gonna lie, that was a pretty crazy final. That was an insane game. I I was there. It was nuts. It's just just a great game. I mean, Overwatch and also had some great games and great upsets at the World Cup. StarCraft was incredible and. If if you have the chance to go see esports in an arena of any sort, whether that's at a convention or if you uh, are in or visiting the L.A. area, come down to the uh, Overwatch arena, check out tournaments. Which you also have the LCS arena. Not as interesting, but oh, no. it's still there. It's it's there. I believe that one's in Orange County. Um, they do They throw a lot of great events there, too. So for next week, we're going to have uh, more news for you all. Uh, we're going to have the start of the League of Legends playoffs. We're going to be the, the European side. Uh, the North America side is still going to have the week off next week. But the Europeans are going to have played the quarters, quarterfinals. Yeah, I think... We're also going to... Have. I think next week will be a little bit more league heavy because some of the other sports are off for the week. Uh, Overwatch yeah, gets uh, a week off. Yeah. Overwatch going to have the week off. So is North America for League of Legends. Uh, we're also going to have a, the recap of, I believe this weekend were two CSGO teams, uh, teams tournaments which was the Blast Pro Series in Sao Paulo, Brazil, which I am very sad I did not get tickets to because the arena is all of 10 minutes away from my house. But tickets sold out in, I kid you not, five minutes. That sounds about right, let's be honest. Yeah, and we also had some other tournament, which I cannot recall right now because it was not my notes. We will be covering the two. We will be covering the two CS:GO tournaments that will have yeah. taken place. Indeed, and that's. I mean, and of course, anything else that creeps up along the week. I don't know if maybe like Korean or Chinese League of Legends or anything else that we're we more franchising news from Call of Duty. Or any other any other news, and maybe some of the smaller esports that are still emerging. Maybe. We have we have yeah, I know we'll... Smash. I've I've had some people ask me if if we're going to be covering Smash, and and we will when major major events happen for Smash. Don't you worry, we'll be covering all the little little esports and the big ones. Yeah, uh, maybe I know. Who knows? Hearthstone's having their World Championships, and we'll cover that. 
Also, speaking of Hearthstone, if you live near a Microsoft store, go check out one of the fireside gatherings that's taking place at the Microsoft stores. You can get yourself a free hero, and I believe, I don't know if they're still doing the card back, but you can at least get yourself Nimsy and have some fun playing Hearthstone with some other people physically near you. Other than that, that's pretty much it for this week. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah, so for the Meta Weekly, this is Pete and Justine, and we'll see you next week.